630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. For the last five seasons, he was one of the most popular and most effective members of the Edmonton Eskimos. He now returns to Commonwealth Stadium with his new team, the British Columbia Lions. I am pleased to welcome back to the 630 Cheddar Waves, the one and only Odell Willis. Odell, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? Doing very well. It's great to have you back on my show. First time you've been on as a member of the of the BC Lions. How's life in Vancouver so far? Man, life is wonderful, man. I can't even complain, man. Life is great. Good stuff. Man, that was that was crazy back on February 2nd. Edmonton traded you to Ottawa, and I was just reading here. I don't know who timed this, Odell. Somebody said you were with the Red Blacks for 17 minutes, and then they were you were traded to BC. What do you remember about that day? I was going to Ottawa. It was crazy, then, you know, because I was thinking, like, who do I know in Ottawa, you know, things of that nature, and then... Before, like I said, I could even, you know, get the thoughts settled in my head. I got a call saying I'm going to uh, Vancouver. So I'm like, okay, okay, I could dig it, I could dig it. So, you know, like I say, if things happen crazy sometimes, and you just got to be able to adapt as they come to you. So you didn't have any idea that you were going to be traded once, let alone twice? The final, the final end of the year meeting. It kind of didn't, you know, give me that, you know, comfort level of, okay, I'm brought back next year. But then again, I had in the back of my head, like, I would really like, you know, finish out here, being that the Grey Cup is in Edmonton and, and everything. So, you know, I was kind of 50-50 with it. But, you know, when it happened, I wasn't all the way shocked or surprised by it. All right. I know you're having a great time in Vancouver, and you always have a great attitude wherever you play and make it home, but what are you looking forward to most about coming back to Edmonton this weekend? Oh, man, just really embracing the crowd. Those were some of, the, you know, some of my best years, and, and the crowd fans there were just unbelievable. I mean... You can't you can't ask for no better atmosphere. I mean, everything about the crowd there. I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to just playing in front of the fans and having fun. All right, what's it going to be like playing against Mike Riley after only really practicing against him for the fast last few years and and having him help you guys win a lot of games? What's it going to be like going against Mike? Oh man, that's going to be one to remember. I um. I already told him I can't wait to chase him around. You know, it feels weird already just having to watch them on film. Like, all right, this is, we really finna go up against this guy as far as just, you know, watching Mike go out here, go out there and do his thing and, you know, get us first downs and touchdown. Now, I'm gonna be trying to stop Mike from getting first downs and touchdown. And it just, like I said, it, it feels weird, but at the same time, hey, it gotta get done. 
Odell Willis joining us on Inside Sports. Spent the last few years with the Edmonton Eskimos, now with the BC Lions. They're coming to Commonwealth on Friday night. Uh, you know, I asked you kind of what uh, you're most looking forward to about Edmonton. Is there anything you miss about the city? Like, uh, I don't know, a place you used to hang out or spend some free time at? What do you, what do you miss about living in Edmonton? Oh, uh, man, like I said, I just, <laughs> the city was great. The city was great. The people was great, you know. Uh, you know, I was downtown most of the time, so when I was there, you know, I, uh, when I, I'm gonna miss a couple of, couple of night spots, I went to a couple of food spots. You know, like I say, mostly just like my guy, you know, JC, Mundo, you know, Mike, we had our little, uh, me and Mike and JC, we had our little off-day thing, so if you tell those guys clickety-clack, they'll know what you're talking about. I, I'm not going to tell what we did or what we used to do, but if you tell those guys clickety-clack this week, I'm pretty sure they'll put a smile on their face and they'll know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, sounds good. That's a, that's a good uh, inside information to get for sure. Um, Odell, tell me a little bit about your... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, just say clickety-clack to them and they'll know what you're talking about. Okay. Odell, I know early in the season here, and you're still relatively new with the Lions, um, you know, you, you were a pretty versatile player, obviously, when, when you were at the, with the Eskimos. You, you know, you, you rushed the quarterback, but you could also drop drop back. You made plays all over the field. How are you being used with the Lions? Are they lining you up the same way, or has something changed for you? I mean, ain't nothing changed. Just Odell Willis playing football. I mean, who knows where you may see me at? I mean, I just like I just like the situation that I'm in, the scheme that I'm in, and everything's going good. So I mean, hey, I may be at free safety. You never know. Odell, come on. You're <laughs> You're just trying to throw everybody at Edmonton off, aren't you? You're not going to line up at free safety. When was the last time you lined up at free safety? <laughs> what do you mean? I did in 2014 and 15. <laughs> Playing with Jones, I was everywhere. Well, I remember I you... Up, I, lined up, I lined up and covered S.J. Green, so I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it's, it's a possibility I could be anywhere. So you might be covering Darrell Walker at some point on Friday. I mean, I will. I mean, but the fact is, I'm going to have him over the top, so I'm fine with it. Oh, no, this is great. Uh, it, kind of interesting situation there in uh, B.C. Obviously, Ed Hervey's now the general manager. He was your GM here in Edmonton, and you're playing for, you know, arguably the greatest coach in the history of the league, or if he's not, he's on a really short list. What's it like having Wally Buono as your head coach? Oh man, it's unbelievable, man. That man, that guy there, crack. He he's the funny. He's one of the most funniest upfront coaches you could ever have. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's just something about him. It's just funny to me. But at the same time, when he means business, he means business, and he's not gonna sugarcoat it. Sugarcoat it. He's gonna tell it just like it is, and it's it's on you as a player to like you know accept it because he he ain't gonna. He ain't gonna, you know, beat around the bush. He ain't gonna, like, you know, say something, you know, reach it. He gonna just tell you directly what it is. Are you doing good or you ain't? And it's like, damn, I wasn't ready for that. I was ready for you to say something else, but he don't. He just give it to you how he see it. And 
It's funny to me. I just I just enjoy every bit of. I mean, I wish I could have played for him earlier in my career. Uh, seeing now that the coach he is, man. I mean, like I said, he's everything that you know you would want as a player. I mean, of course, there's gonna be a few things you're gonna disagree with, but. I mean, it ain't that many I disagree with. You know what I mean? You be like, man, Coach Tripp, I don't want to do this, that, that, that. But it's like everything we do, I'm just I'm like, okay, this this is how a team supposed to be ran. And like I said, I'm just thankful and blessed. I got uh, I got to uh, join the team and uh, finish out his final ride with it. So, Odell, you and I have done a few interviews over the years, but I don't know if I've ever asked you this. I mean, you're always having a good time. You love interacting with fans. You know, you always are very passionate talking about football and relationships with your teammates. Where does that attitude and that joy come from? I mean, was that you ever since you were a little kid, or did you maybe learn that from somebody? Where does it come from, Odell? I mean, it... it, it uh... I mean, just as growing up, I always just like having fun, you know. I always was like, I don't, uh, I want to, I want to have the most fun as possible because, like, when you look back on memories and you go to talk, I mean, those memories just bring joy to you. And then as I got older, you know, you start understanding things about life. And like I tell people, I mean, I told our chapel today, uh, that he was like, what makes me go? And I'm like, I embrace my death every day. And he kind of looked at me. I'm like, we take for granted. We take for granted our life so much and that we don't even know it. It's like, and like this season goes, it's like, okay, I hope to do another interview interview with you when we play Eskimos. But who says it that I'm to see that next game? We don't know when our time going to expire. You know what I'm saying? So, for for me to have that in the back of my head, like we know when we know when our phone battery gonna die, we know when we need gas in our car, or we know like certain things are not gonna last forever. And sometimes I think we as people think that we gonna live forever, that we procrastinate a lot, or we don't you know push ourselves to the uh, the full potential. But if you had, to me, my opinion, my thing is, if you embrace the fact that, you know, the next second, the next hour, or the next day is not promised, I promise you'll start living your life way more than what you're doing because, I mean, once you think about it, it's scary, but at the same time, it's life, it's reality. Everything lives, everything dies. It's just life, and once you understand that, you'll start appreciating things and just, like I say, start living more because you you understand it's a time limit on your life. You just don't know when. Odell, that's incredible. Very well said. Thanks for passing that along, and thanks for getting in touch here. It's it's great to have you back on the show. Uh, I have a rule uh, for Eskimos fans listening. I I can't wish you good luck against the Eskimos, but how about good luck the rest of the season? Sound fair? Oh, I mean, that's cool because you, if you wish me good luck the rest of the season, that means you wish me good luck the rest of the two times we're going to play you guys. So if you don't wish me good luck this day, just wish me good luck for the next two. So I'll thank you. All right, Odell, I guess you got me on a technicality there. Thanks for coming on the show tonight. That was the always entertaining and today enlightening 
Odell Willis. You got to know him with the Eskimos. You get to know him a little bit better tonight with the BC Lions. I, I often will ask players where their attitude or something significant about them comes from. I have never had a player, coach, or anyone say to answering, where does your positive attitude come from? I have never had the answer be, I embrace my death every day. That is what Odell Willis offered tonight. That was something, and he gave the explanation. It's Inside Sports on 630 Chat. It's 717. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chat. Well, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 720. The Blue Jays are scoreless with Houston. That game is in the top of the fifth. Willie O'Ree, Gary Bettman, Martin Brodeur highlighting the Hockey Hall of Fame's class for 2018. O'Ree, of course, the first black player in the NHL. Also going in, Marty San Luis, Jaina Hefford, and Alexander Yakishev. The Penguins re-signing Brian Rust to a four-year deal. That'll run through the 21-22 season. Career highs in assists and points while playing 69 games for the Penguins. He had three goals in 12 playoff games. Tampa Bay Lightning re-signed JT Miller. Five-year deal, $26.25 million. Argentina moves on at the World Cup. 2-1 victory over Nigeria. Defender Marcus Rojo. Rojo. Kellen, add him to the list. Marcus Rojo is the latest addition to the Inside Sports World Cup All-Star team. Rojo. Rojo. R-O-J-O. Rojo. Marcus Rojo. Rojo. Who else do we have on that list? I got it written down somewhere. We got uh, Nacho. Nacho's on there. Uh, Zuba. Or Zuba. 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 Yeah. Who's uh, the co- other guy? Coaches Southgate. Coaches Gareth Southgate, yes. Mm-hmm. And, and there's one more here, too. My list has gone to the bottom of the folder here. It so. was like Kanuka uh, or something like that. Yeah. You know, I thought I you you I thought you had the list ready to go. And you know what? I thought I did too, and it has disappeared. Maybe Angie deleted it. Angie's Maybe. helping out in the studio tonight. <laughs> um. Yeah. Get back to me. I'll try and find that. <laughs> this is the worst thing that's ever happened. We don't have the list ready. Robin at the airport listening to Inside Sports. Great interview with Odell Willis makes us miss him more. He is always entertaining to talk to. No doubt about that. Uh, you can text 630-630, phone number 780-496-0063. I just want to get back to something here. Uh, usually I don't f- do these sorts of flashbacks on the show. But on May 29th, you may remember this if you're a regular listener, we had a gentleman named Dave Proctor on the show if, if you heard this story, you'll remember it immediately. If not, I just want to reintroduce you to him quickly. Dave Proctor lives in southern Alberta. Starting tomorrow, he is going to run across Canada in 66 days. He's going to average 108 kilometers per day. The previous record of going across Canada, 72 days. That in itself is amazing. Why he's doing this and who he is doing it for makes the story even better. He is running to raise money for research into rare diseases, specifically because his nine-year-old son, Sam, has a very, very rare disease. And when when Dave was on the show about a month ago, I asked him to uh, give us a, a little introduction to his son, Sam. My son, Sam, is 
he's the coolest man I know. He's 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 a pretty he's a pretty rad dude. Uh, he's nine years old. Um, he's he's a troublemaking kid who likes to. Uh, to he's, he's gotten his, he's gotten gotten his way with the girls in the last year. I don't know what's going on there, but he um, yeah he's also got a rare disease. And so um, about a year ago, we end up getting a diagnosis for my son Sam, and it took us over six years to get that diagnosis. Um, so that's really six years of not knowing what was what was going on with him, and we end up getting a diagnosis of a very very old very rare disease called relapsing encephalopathy with cerebellar ataxia. It's a, it's, it's a long long name. We call it RECA, and what that basically means is he's got a, a genetic mutation that makes the back part of his brain you know not work well. Um, so he's ataxic. So lack of balance and coordination. So the most basic of movements um, he struggles with, um, you know, eating and, and moving around and drawing and coloring and, and things like that. Uh, there's some of the things that we all take for granted. Um, and so he's been my absolute inspiration over the last many, many, many years. I, I, I can't imagine getting up in, in the morning knowing very well I can, I can use my body. Um, and I don't to its fullest because I, I see him and I see his struggles every single day. And I just know at the end of every single one of my runs when, when, when I'm struggling, when, when, it's, when, it, when it becomes hard, I, I, I look at my son Sam and I think if he could do what his dad could do, he would never stop. Um, but he, he can't. And, and, that's, and that's why I won't either. So that's Dave Proctor. He starts his journey tomorrow running across the country. His goal is to raise $1 million to help the Rare Disease Foundation. That was such an emotional answer about his son, Sam. Just loved hearing that again. If you want to check this out and you want to donate, the website is outrunrare.com. Outrunrare.com. Dave Proctor running in honor of his son, uh, son, Sam. And we may check in with Dave at some point on his journey. Loved having him on the show. Wanted to bring you that clip again. Some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. Check out the new spring chicken menu with spring-inspired fixings. Start your salivating at northchickenyeg.com. Dave Leppard texting in as well that he enjoyed the Odell Willis interview. Fun to have Odell on the show. Still more to come tonight. We will, uh, Edmonton's getting a new pro sports team in a league called the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Now, I know what you're thinking. How is this going to work? Well, I'll get the coach of the team, Greg Francis, on the show. If that name rings a bell, one of the best uh, players to represent Canada internationally. He was a player about 20 years ago. He coached the U of A Golden Bears after Don Horwood. He will check in, and uh, we'll try to get to, uh, we, will, we will get to my interview with Tyler Benson from Development Camp, too. JC Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. JC and the Eskimos home to Odell and the Lions on Friday. We have it for you on 630 Chad. Six o'clock countdown to kickoff with Dave Morley, Blake, and Brendan. The play-by-play will start at 8 o'clock. Coming up August 6th to 11th in Edmonton and Red Deer, the Holinka Gretzky Cup. This is the best U18 tournament in the world. 
77 alumni from this tournament. It used to be called the Avon Halinka Tournament. 77 alumni were selected in the draft over the weekend. They unveiled a new trophy today at Rogers Place, and they uh, brought out some alumni of the tournament who are currently at Oilers Development Camp. One of them, Oilers second-round pick from a couple of years ago, Tyler Benson. Well, Tyler, first of all, good to see you. Some interesting memories today talking about the Halinka Tournament. Yeah, no, that's, that was a great memory for me uh, to be able to be a part of that tournament, playing with some great players. Uh, it was a memorable one for me, and uh, being able to cap it off with a gold medal, it's very special. What was it like, and, and I mean, no hockey is an 11th or even 12-month thing for a lot of people once they become elite, but what was it like playing that high-caliber tournament in the middle of the summer when maybe you'd be more focused on training or trying to be in proper shape for, for September? Yeah, I know, it's definitely a little bit different. Uh, usually you're prepping to get ready for hockey in September, so but uh, I guess you just have to start your training a little earlier, but uh, everyone was prepared for it, and uh, it kind of had to be, yeah. All right. You're from Edmonton. Do you think, imagine you think the fans are going to rally to come watch this in a few weeks, even though it's the middle of August. Yeah, no, it, it's a big tournament. I mean, you're getting the top players uh, around the world uh, that are going to get drafted in about a few months later. So uh, just being able to watch that kind of ho- hockey, it, it's it's entertaining, and I don't see why not. Edmonton loves hockey, so definitely be a tournament that I recommend to go see. How has it been for you ever since the uh, Western Hockey League season? Uh, how you been up to? How you feeling? I've been feeling really good. Um, I think just being able to get some workouts in, being able to skate, uh, I've been feeling better than I have been all season already. So it's a good feeling, and uh, I don't see anything holding me back anymore, and I'm confident in myself right now. must be a much more pleasant summer for you because you've had some some rehab and some nagging injuries the last couple of summers. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, It's the first summer in, I don't know, maybe two or three that I've been able to have a full summer of training. So nothing, uh, no surgeries this summer, and uh, I've been feeling really good. How are you looking forward to training camp? Obviously, a couple of years since you're drafted. You know, you're at that point where uh, the pro hockey carrot is, is dangling right there. You just got to make sure you grab it. Yeah, I know. Uh, I want to be able to make a good impression come camp time. I feel good. It's only June, so I got a few more months to prepare for it. Um, being able to get a couple um, of pro games in last year at the end of my season was a good experience too, and I think uh, it's going to help me uh, for this summer to help prepare for it. I mean, I know it was just a couple games, but how did you find that getting to play in the A and, and just getting a taste of that experience? It was definitely a bit of an adjustment coming from uh, junior, um, bigger, faster, just it was a tougher league. Um, but I think as the games went on, I got a little more comfortable. Uh, I got a little more comfortable with the team, so it's definitely definitely helped that way. All right, when you're not training. Right, that's uh, Tyler Benson. Oh, I didn't, uh, wanted to edit out that question. Tyler Benson, uh, another one of those young guys for the Oilers who will hopefully can contribute on his entry-level contract. They got some guys with some big deals. They'll need some depth. I think Benson projects as a third-line center probably a, a year or two in the American Hockey League before he comes up. But it's good that he is feeling good. He's battled a lot of injuries the last two summers, and you heard him say it, how much better he feels, how much more productive a summer he is, hap- he is, he is having by being injury-free. Good for him. We will be live from the downtown community rink on Thursday while the Billy Moores Cup is taking place to close out Oilers Development Camp. Don't forget, uh, you can attend Development Camp. It is free. They're back on the ice at 3.30 tomorrow. And then the Billy Moore's Cup, 6.30 on Thursday. Doors open 30 minutes prior to each session. Seating is limited. So remember, it's first come, first serve for that.
Well, there's uh, been an interesting development here on the basketball scene. The Canadian Elite Basketball League announcing last week that they are coming to Edmonton. The Edmonton Stingers set to begin play next season. What is this league all about? Who's going to be on the team to talk about it? The coach. Greg Francis. Greg, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's good to catch up with you. We always seem to cross paths back from uh, my days doing play-by-play at the U of A and you coaching the Golden Bears, replacing John Horwood, uh, Don Horwood, and obviously uh, basketball stories along the way. But you just can't stay away from Edmonton, today. Eh? You must have really fallen in love with the place when you coached at the U of A. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? It's, it's, it's my home now, so... I can go everywhere I want, but I always end up in Edmonton, so it's all good. Good stuff. You know, this is pretty interesting here. A few days ago, it was announced that the Canadian Elite Basketball League will have a franchise in Edmonton. It's going to be the Edmonton Stingers. You guys have a really cool logo and uh, hoping to start playing next season. Greg, before we get into some of the specifics, tell us a little bit about the CEBL. Um, Why are you optimistic that, you know, this is going to work? This is going to be a strong league for basketball in Canada. Probably the reason for my optimism right away off the bat is the season when they play. You know, they start, they'll start next uh, year in May, 2019 May. And so this will give an opportunity for guys to play where they're playing during the year. And it's, end, it's at the end of a lot of uh, like European seasons and South American seasons. So guys will be able to, instead of going home and, you know, just working out in the off season, they can play in this league as well. And some guys, depending on where their career is at, they can just go and play in that. So I'm really optimistic of how we can get some of the top players in Canada to come play in our league. And it won't take them away from wherever else they play because these guys are, our Canadian players are in demand. So we just want to have the best players and I think we'll be able to do that in this league. You know, is it, and maybe, I don't know if there's a rule already or not, you're, you're going to have to tell me, but I mean, you're, you were a Canadian yourself and, and went through this coming out of the NCAA and, and playing on the national team and playing some pro. Uh, like, is this going to be 100% Canadian players? Will it be like the CFL where you have to have X number of Canadians? Like, is the rule in place? And if not, what do you think it should be? You know what, I think we're going to be able to have more the limit on number of uh, foreign players that will be able to play in our league, whether that's two, three, four, or five, you know, that will be sort of up to the brass for the CBL to all decide, and I'll be a part of that, but definitely I won't have the final say on how we do it, but we'll be able to have uh, a few foreign players, but we want to have a large Canadian content some of our best players and I, I really believe that if we play at that time of year um, it would be great in the summertime to start getting people used to seeing their best old-time players whether it's Steve Sir, Jordan Baker, like the players that you're watching and uh, well, I always call it CIS but it's a new sport now um, and there's some players that are playing overseas that you know if we work out the season to play right be able to come right in and see those players for a long time playing professional ball on their home all right. Well, well, that's encouraging, and I think you know we need a league like this to keep building the the Canadian talent and build up the depth in Canada. I and mean, we've we've come a long way internationally. I think, Greg, uh, at you know certainly at the senior level, men's and women's, the junior teams are doing a lot better. But but I feel like, especially at the senior level, we're like knocking on the door maybe of of that elite group, but but not quite there. Like, is is that an accurate perception? And if so, how do we burst that door down? 
you know what, that, that's accurate. I think we're knocking at the door, but until our, our players get a lot of experience playing in the, you know, we were sometimes in the top competitions in terms of world championships and qualifiers. Um, but until those guys get to sweat on them playing against the top countries in the world consistently, which we haven't had up till now, we've had uh, more a taste of playing against some of the top. And when we get that experience, I think we'll be able to get the results that we want to get consistently against some of the top power countries, power basketball countries in the world. Greg Francis joining us in Inside Sports. He's going to be coaching the Edmonton Stingers in the brand new Canadian Elite Basketball League. Greg was telling you how it's going to tip off uh, May 2019. Uh, you're the coach. You're not the owner. Um, but I have to ask this question because you, you, you know, you would have been through some of this stuff uh, in, in your career too. And everybody's going to be asking me the financial model. Like, is it going to be a safe one? Is it going to be a sustainable one? How do you make this league work? Because there have been some great, you know, minor pro leagues that, unfortunately, the almighty dollar has been their undoing over the years. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I think in terms of basketball, I'm a basketball junkie and I know a number of people in the community that love basketball I don't think that's enough to make these uh, leagues and basketball ideas thrive to get bumps and seeds and we have to have a solid business plan and I think that's where CBL is really ahead of the curve there we have a great front office staff that's working in the league office in St. Catherine's there and and they're so focused on building the business model and they say hey Greg you know we want to make sure that you're building the basketball model but they're so focused on the business first I think we'll be able to get the basketball going I can you know call a number of basketball people and they'll be interested but getting the business model that would be first and foremost and I think they've got a good start to that all right. Well, this is exciting, Greg. I know we'll obviously keep following this, and it's going to be exciting to see the Stingers start to come together and form a roster and, and get a schedule. Uh, besides coaching this, just update people some of the specifics of what you're doing with Canada basketball, because uh, you know you are a pretty big part of, of the team trying to of the programs trying to burst that door down, like we were talking about. Yeah. No thanks. I mean, I've been now with Canada basketball for 15 years. Uh, I spent 12 of those years as a coach, and now I've been working with the coaches as a technical director with Canada Basketball. Um, but I've also had some opportunities to work really locally in Alberta, working with Alberta Basketball. And, uh, you know, it's basketball all the time, but like you said, we're knocking at the door in a number of ways, like not only the Pro League, but the national team. And even if you look at our post-secondary with the youth sport, you know, we're starting to have really good products in all our basketball. So I like to be involved in as many of those as possible and try to make them excellent. All right. Well, Greg, let's keep in touch about this. It's always awesome to have you on the show and, and glad to keep uh, you're keeping it work so hard uh, that so basketball's thriving in the country, man, and right here in Edmonton. Thanks for coming on. Okay. No, thank you. That is Greg Francis checking in. He will coach. The Edmonton Stingers of the Canadian Elite Basketball League, they will tip off in May of 2019. Hope that works. Some exciting stuff for other leagues. FC Edmonton getting into a league, the Canadian Premier League. That'll kick off in the spring. And an important focus on Canadian talent, Canadian players. you got to have Canadian guys playing games. That's one of the downfalls of our Canadian men's soccer team. We don't play enough. Canadian men's rugby team that was here a couple of weeks ago for a game at Commonwealth simply don't play enough. So we need domestic leagues to help cultivate our own talent. It's 747 Inside Sports on Chet. 
Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight at 7.50. Blue Jays trailing the Astros 2-0 in the bottom of the sixth inside sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 6.30. Ched, Eskimos didn't have a good game against Hamilton, but they get out healthy at least after adding all those guys to the six-game injured list last week. Friday night, home to BC, 6 o'clock countdown to kickoff. That's our pregame show. The game will start at 8. Saskatchewan Rough Riders get Montreal, but they will not have quarterback Zach Kalaros, their big off-season addition. From CJME Radio, the show is the Green Zone in Regina. Pleased to welcome back Daryl Davis. Daryl, how are you doing? All right, Reed, thanks. How are you? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. We always love getting updates from Rider Nation, which isn't just in Saskatchewan. It's coast-to-coast, uh, coast. but man, this is interesting news today. Zach Kalaros, I guess this was the big fear, eh? Already injured. What's going on here? Yes, yeah, looks like a concussion, Reed. You saw him against Ottawa. He took several hits. The Roth Riders offensive line wasn't very good in that game, and uh, Ottawa's defense hit Kalaros repeatedly until finally it was time to take him out. He went through pro- uh, concussion protocol, came back to the sidelines while Brandon Bridge was operating the offense, but uh, you could tell there was something wrong, and uh, after concussion protocol, you don't mess around. So he wasn't at practice today. Zach Kolaris wasn't. Uh, Brandon Bridge ran the first-team offense, and he will start Saturday against the visiting Montreal Alouettes. Well, this is an interesting situation because last year, Daryl, they had Bridge and Kevin Glenn, and, and there was a lot of things. I'll, I'll throw this at you first. I found it very interesting how Chris Jones, coach and GM, built that team. Because he kind of, most people would go out and get a quarterback first. He kind of got a quarterback last. And I thought that really hurt the team last year because they spent, that East Final specifically, they spent most of the game trying to figure out which guy had the hot hand. And by that time, it was almost too late and they wound up losing right at the end. Well, a little bit. Chris Jones always said throughout the entire season that Kevin Glenn was the starting quarterback. Brandon Bridge was the reliever. Uh, Bridge started one game when Glenn was hurt, but otherwise it it was Kevin Glenn all the way through. And remember, uh, Chris Jones is a defensive coach, a defensive coordinator. He will always give you know, give most of his attention to the defense. Just like this year, why is he taking uh, Deron Carter from the offense to the defense side of the ball? Because he's the defensive coordinator and the head coach. He can pull rank. He can put Deron Carter wherever he wants, so he wants him on his defense. And the quarterback isn't as important in, in Chris Jones's mind as some of the defensive players, evidently. Yeah, that's that's such an interesting strategy, especially in the Canadian Football League. Who might argue? I mean, Chris Jones has been pretty successful, won a great cup, obviously, uh, obviously here in Edmonton. Tell me about Brandon Bridge. He, he was exciting at times last year, and he looked a little befuddled at times <laughs> last year. Where, yeah, where, where do you think he's at now? That's his style. He, you know, he's got a strong arm. He can run. He, his escapability is the reason why he got the play last year. Whenever Kevin Glenn wasn't very well protected by the offensive line, they would put in Brandon Bridge to run away from the coverage, and it seemed to work. He'd have a few, th- he'd do a few things right as every quarterback does, but he doesn't have the poise of, a, of a, an experienced quarterback. You know, even of Kevin Glenn, of uh, of some of the Matt Nichols, of Mike Riley, uh, some of the guys who've been around for a while. You you have to learn that, and that's why they brought in Zach Caleros this year mostly because they wanted to wait on Brandon Bridge, groom him a while, but have a proven starter in front of him, which Zach Caleros was. But Zach Caleros, when he arrived, Reed, we were talking right away, I'm worried about his concussion issues. You know, he's had several head injuries, and you have to wonder if that was going to hurt them. And they're paying $430,000 for a guy with a history of brain injuries. So you want to do that? Well, they did, and now it may be costing them doubly. 
I've always liked Kalaros a lot, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, he it, it's rare that he's been healthy for an extended stretch. So we'll see how the Riders deal with this. Daryl, is Deron Carter happy playing defense? What do you think? <laughs> he would he would like to play both sides, right? <laughs> Chris, Chris Jones says, says that he needs things to keep his attention, right? He, he's probably ADHD or something because he's, he's so all over the map. He's a lot of fun to deal with, and he never shies away from interviews. So I, I'm always impressed with that, that he understands the, the job, his job. is part, part of it is, you know, pumping up the game and all that. But he's a great receiver. To me, he's – and Dave Campbell and I joke about this, or I tease Dave all the time. He calls Deron Carter the best receiver on the Rough Riders. I say – second best receiver because Naaman Roosevelt runs hard on every single route. He blocks. He does everything a receiver is supposed to do. Deron Carter does the flashy things, which makes him a great player. But uh, I would rather have Naaman Roosevelt on my team, I think, any day. But Deron Carter can play defensive back, but he's not skilled at it. He he's, plays the position like a receiver. He watches the quarterback. He doesn't react the way a defensive back does. So he can play the position, but he's not going to excel at it the way that some of the guys have played it for decades. Well, Saskatchewan's playing Montreal on Saturday, which, I mean, let's face it, that's the most favorable matchup you can have if, if you got to throw in yeah. your, your second-string quarterback. Daryl, remind me of, of, of Chris Jones's contract situation, and with this being year three, I mean, is this the make-or-break year for him in Regina, or how do you think management's looking at it? No, he, he re-signed last year. for They re-extended his, extended his contract. It goes through next year as well. So it's not make or break it. There's not a panic situation here. What they're going to have to do, though, Reed, is because of the, the new coach salary cap, whatever it is, the administrative salary cap, which I've been lobbying for for years and years. I think it's a great idea. The riders sometimes have 19 people watching as coaches on the field at one time. So the riders need to be put in place, and they have to spend as much or as little money as everybody else, and it has to be fair across the board. So it's a good idea for that. So Chris Jones said that he'll probably be taking a pay cut next year and they'll be reducing their staff. So uh, he doesn't have to win this year. I don't think there's any danger of them firing him this year. Uh, no, there's no danger of them firing him this year. But or but next year, would you start thinking if the team doesn't win? Well, maybe then you start thinking about it. But I think he's here for a little while. All right. Well, always interesting to follow that team. Daryl, thanks for checking in, man. We'll do this again soon. Great talking to you, Reed. Thanks. Daryl Davis from CJME in Regina. No Kalaros already for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Eskimos and Lions on Friday. Tonight you heard from Lions defensive lineman Odell Willis, Eskimos defensive lineman Alex Bazzi, also Oilers prospects Tyler Benson and Kyler Yamamoto. Basketball coach Greg Francis checked in as well. And thanks to everybody who called and texted in about the Eskimos' name debate. Thanks to our studio producers this evening, Angie Quinnell and Kellen Kennedy. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'm at Remax Field tomorrow. Prospects game. Talk to them. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.